You know, and one of the things that we were getting into was he has kind of this like overdevelopment of his erector muscles and iliocostalis and like all the muscles in your back there. And when you look at his back, he's just jacked. You're like, dear God. So actually by backing up a little bit, creating more support for your sacrum and for your head and really focusing in on that thoracic mobilization there with the ball and the foam roller, we can get a lot of, you know, really potent effect. Rolfing, what would separate structural integration from a lot of, you know, PNF or ART or whatever it would be, it's the intention towards reorganization of the body. various different dance forms, things like Olympic lifting, things like gymnastics, things like, you know, various martial art forms. They're all been, you know, various yogas. Iyengar is a good example of this. You know, they've all been barking up this tree for millennia. We're going to die at some point, you know? So it's, it's like the, this kind of awareness of like the, the imminence of, of death kind of makes me, kind of want to just explore the weirdest stuff I can while I'm here. And so if I can kind of project that out into the world and inspire people to start getting kind of weird, I try, try my best. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, visit naturalstacks.com. All right, happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. Welcome to another episode of the OPP. Today, we have a really cool episode for you. Uh, We've got Aaron Alexander from Align Therapy on the show. Um, Aaron and I did two back-to-back recordings. Um, We did... Aaron on the OPP, and then we did me on Aaron's show, Align Therapy Podcast. So uh, if, if you really dig this conversation, make sure you go over to Align Therapy Podcast, catch part two. But it's a, it's a really cool conversation. So about two hours in total, uh, half here, half there. Um, but as always, when he's on our show, when you're here at the Optimal Performance Podcast, you are going to get actionable, easy to implement tips and, and advice from an expert that you can implement and you know put in your routine and experience um, you know the, the benefits that, that you know that you can expect from an optimal performance podcast. So this is a standalone but it's also partnering with that one. Um, you know Aaron is, is an amazing practitioner uh, in uh, you know uh, self myofascial release, um, spinal alignment, um, all kinds of really cool, physical stuff that impacts our well-being, our vitality, our performance, even our mindset. Um, Just a really cool individual. I know you guys are going to love this show. So uh, we'll get to Aaron in just a second. Before we do that, a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, I am armed with a review today. So this one comes from Susan. Uh, This is an email. Susan says, you and the team at Natural Stacks are excellent and your podcast is, all caps, the best with like 10 exclamation points. So Susan, thank you. She says you ask the best questions and you get every little detail. I love that about your podcast. Susan, thank you so much. And thanks for your support. Thanks for sharing this with us. Uh, Shoot me an email, Susan, ryan at naturalstacks.com. You already know that. Uh, We will hook you up with free product. For all you guys listening, please go to iTunes, leave us a review. Let us know how much you like the show. We will send you free product when we read your review on the air. Share the OPP with the people in your life uh, who will benefit from the things that we're talking about here. Um, you know, when you hear these things on the show and it, it clicks, it resonates with you, and you say, "Man, I wish so and so knew this," or "I wish, I wish I could say it this way to somebody," because you know, our guests say things in in ways that just it, it clicks, it makes sense, it's beautiful, and you know, share that with the folks in your life you know who will benefit from and, and enjoy what we're talking about. That's how we reach more people. That's how this movement grows. Uh, we're, we're forever grateful for you guys tuning in and listening, spending some time with us. Uh, finally, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the links and resources for this podcast episode and uh that's it i'm gonna turn it over to aaron and we'll have some fun ryan muncie is probably the smartest guy i know trust me muncie is the nutrition guy ryan muncie's out there trying to make the world better for all of us the optimal performance podcast is bold edgy 
creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. Aaron, I am, uh, I, I'm not a fan. This is something I've, I've been doing recently where I'll, I'll read your bio uh, on Wikipedia or Google or your website. And, and instead of me reading it, uh, I think that's a little bland uh, as an introduction for you. Yeah. How do you describe yourself? How do you want our listeners to uh, see you and, and kind of relate to you? Yeah. So I guess like the most kind of clinical version, clinical ish version of it is I do a hybrid of, of manual therapy and uh, movement education or physical therapy. So starting off by help allowing people the, uh, the space in their joints and their connective tissue to actually move functionally, you know, so we're always kind of creating these ruts through our environment, you know, so if you're staring at your cell phone and then you sit in your car and you're hunched over and then you're on your computer that literally creates plastic change throughout, not just your connective tissue, but also your nervous system. And that becomes who you are. You know, and so what I do from a manual therapy perspective is using my elbows, hands, what have you, start creating space in those joints and then start connecting the dots between those joints. So you'd actually, we mentioned over on the other end on my podcast, finding that midline or from being able to, you know, develop your relationship with gravity, Mm -hmm. you know, so we organize the joints so you can create a good relationship. And then we learn how to move so that we're always operating within that balanced relationship. That was like way too long of an explanation. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, but it was good. Um, I think, so as you were talking through that, one of the things that, that I've noticed, you know, we talked, um, again, this is something we kind of covered on, on your show, but when I used to run my gym, one of the things that we always put in our warm-up, uh, we did quadruped thoracic spine extensions. And, Personally, I never did a lot of them because I just didn't feel like it was something that I needed to do a lot of. My life has changed over the last year, and especially over the last six months, I'm spending a lot more time staring at a computer, and I have noticed that I'm doing a lot more of this. And I have really started to, I mean, I'm I'm sure you've, you've seen them before, but for people listening, you're down on all fours, you put one hand behind your head, and you're moving this elbow from opposite knee and then extending it up as far back behind you as you can go. I can stand up and do that. And I can get cracks and pops in my T-spine and and it feels great. So maybe that's an issue that a lot of our listeners are dealing with. If they're sitting at a computer all day long, I'm sure that's something that you see. What are some things that folks can do uh, to, to help with neck pain or, or loosen up their upper back, kind of break up that rut, create more space. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just talking with a guy who he works with Cirque du Soleil. He's like an amazing gymnast, super, super strong. And he looks, he looks it, you know, and one of the things that we were getting into was he has kind of this like overdevelopment of his erector muscles and iliocostalis and like all the muscles in your back there. And you, when you look at his back, he's just jacked. You're like, dear God. Well, oh, Cirque du Soleil. Right. Of course. You know, and then but what we got into that was kind of like, you know, we got kind of like a come to Jesus moment where it's like that tissue development is actually compensatory, you know? So you could be so much more of yourself if you were to find kind of this like equipoise or balance throughout your joints. But because we're constantly kind of working against ourselves by, like you said, it could be that forward head posture. It could be those immediately rotated shoulders that put stress in the shoulder girdle, whatever it may be your body ends up needing to work much harder than it needs to. And so something that we can start by doing when we go through those mobilizations is start thinking, organizing the axial spine first, right? So the axial spine being like your, your vertebra, right? So first start off organizing your pelvis, organizing that sacrum lumbosacral relationship. And uh, from there, then we mobilize thoracic spine. You know, so what most people are going to do when you go through like, you know, you mentioned like the thoracic mobs, you know, doing like Mm -hmm. cat cow and yoga terms Mm -hmm. is we're going to be borrowing from our lumbar spine, right? Because there's no ribs down there. You have a lot of mobility through there. So if you are totally, you know, like, like a frozen ice box around your T-spine, when you're going through those mobs, what you'll end up doing is you'll just super borrow from your lumbars. Right. That's why most disc herniations, like 90 odd percent disc herniations are from our L5 S1, you know, because that's just getting all, all the action because the rest of the body is just not moving enough. So 
starting off something you could play with would be do you want like an example kind of movement yeah. that you could do yeah. if you've yeah. got one yeah oh man that's yeah i got I, I got them we could yeah we could talk about that for for days you know so so just starting off and you could get like a foam roller or a lacrosse ball or whatever ball suits you and put that back in between like the middle of your thoracic spine kind of like the apex of the curve or so and then supporting your head with a pillow or a cushion or a rag or whatever you got and then supporting your uh, lumbar spine just a little bit as well. And what that does is it eases back some of that stress a bit. So usually we go into like a big bridge pose or something, you know, it's again, yoga terms, you know, but we do these big global movements and we lack that subtle range of motion throughout all the individual parts. So actually by backing up a little bit, creating more support for your sacrum and for your head and really focusing in on that thoracic mobilization there with the ball or the foam roller, we can get a lot of, you know, really potent effect. And, you know, from there you can work with like crossing the legs over and doing like a subtle kind of torsional twist pull and start kind of thinking of it like a rag. You're slowly unwinding that rag, getting rid of all the old, the old gunk that was a verbose way of explaining I, <laughs> once again <laughs> well I, I think something that you mentioned there is the the subtlety and the small range of motion i think uh, that's that's a concept that, that a lot of people uh overlook a lot of people jump right into you know i, I should be getting as large a range of motion as possible on some of this stuff yeah fireworks fireworks are sexy yeah. You know, that's, and we, we were talking again on the other end, talking about, you know, you're not going to see on like the front cover of muscle and fitness or whatever, a guy doing like a plantar fascia mobilization with a ball. It's just not that cool looking, <laughs> you know? And so right. from a, from a cultural perspective, we just assume that nobody does that, you know? And so it's like, you gotta be, do, you know, big snatches overhead, or you gotta be like, you know, hanging off of a phone pole, drinking coffee, like doing something amazing. And we let go of like, well, what about working on your breath practice? You know, what about working on just self-care practice in general? Some of that stuff that you might do when you're, you know, by yourself, not taking photos to put up on Instagram. Hopefully, right. hopefully, hopefully not. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, among other things, I mean, you, you're certified as a personal trainer. You, you mentioned manual therapy, um, connective tissue work. You don't hear a lot of people talk about working on connective tissue. What, what is this all about? What's this stuff about? Um, so it's really easy to become myopic around fascia as well. Fascia is one of the sexy words right now. We were talking about nootropics and stuff. Nootropics are sexy right now. You know, fascia is, is sexy in like the movement industry. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to start looking at fascia as being like the end all. It's not the end all. It's just the thing that we've forgotten. You know, we used to literally in cadaver labs, throw it away. It was like the packing peanuts of the body. Get rid of the gunk so we can get into the muscle bellies. You know, that's where the action's at. Right. You know, and now, we're realizing like, oh my god that's you know, it's actually we got these muscle spindles and mechanoreceptors and it's like kind of telling us where we're at in space all the time all this connective tissue component that we forgot about you know so that kind of preface with that it's not the whole it's not the whole thing um, but then from there thinking about this hydration and elasticity of the connective tissue okay. You know, that's the big thing that we're, that's, uh, again, culturally, we're not really dropping into like, okay, cool, you can pick up a whole bunch of weight, but did you move smoothly and comfortably? You know, does your body fit well? You know, that's like, we can kind of unpack what that, you know, does it fit well, what that, what that actually means. But fitting well to me is as I go through all my potential ranges of motion in my body, it feels smooth and gliding. You know, and you could do like expensive words and say, well, it's because you're, you have proper saturation of the glycosaminoglycans and the proteoglycans and all the crap in there that essentially it's like snot, right? So in between the muscular septa, more unnecessary, where septa, the space between the muscle bellies, okay. in between that area, it should be well lubricated, kind of like snotty, right? When you get stuck in a certain position, a movement pattern, whatever it may be, then you end up kind of becoming dehydrated in those in those directions, and then dehydration begets more dehydration. Hydration begets more hydration because it permits more movement. You know, so if we can get people into more of like a functional movement reality, we become therapists. You know, we have like an onboard massage therapist, and that's just you 
contralaterally moving through the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. So <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned like saturation of, of these things and, and hydration. I mean, um, yeah. are there things other than like water and, and like water intake that impact hydration yeah. of these? Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, thanks. So, so with that, it's does the water permeate? You know, and you could look at that from kind of like a, like I've, Jack Cruz is, are you familiar with Jack? Yep. Yeah. You know, so I've had him on, him on a couple of times talking about, you know, like the real nitty gritty, deep, deeper aspects of, of water. There's a, there's a, uh, a book called the fourth phase of water by, by, uh, is it Jack Pollock, something Pollock, I forget his, his, his name, uh, you know, but getting into all these mysteries of, of water. And one of the things from like a physical perspective, a body perspective is looking at, from that rag analogy, are, the, are you actually getting for a sponge analogy might be even better. Is your sponge crusty and hard and stuck and been sitting underneath the, the, uh, in a cabinet for the last three weeks? Mm-hmm. Or is it mobile and being used every day? You know, so our tissue is the same way with that. When you move the tissue and you rinse the tissue and, you, and you're actually permeating that tissue with all that snotty stuff, then when you drink water, it permeates. Right. And then maybe add some salt to your water or maybe, you know, start thinking about other concepts of spring water, make sure you have all the proper minerals in there, you know, mm-hmm. but just from like a, you know, A to B water into the tissue, you've got to make sure that you're moving functionally and you keep your sponges hydrated so that they can actually receive more fluid. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so then we'll talk about some, some uh, manual manipulation of this stuff. This is, that's kind of what Rolfing is, right? Sure. Yeah. So Rolfing is the last name of a woman called Ida P. Rolf. I don't actually identify with, um, you know, saying like I am a Rolfer because my name's Aaron, you know, and I, (laughs) it's like someone else's last name. But you studied at the Rolf Institute. But I went to the Rolf Institute and I had, yeah, and I have nothing but homage and respect for Ida and I've read all of her books and I quote her all the time and I think she's great. I also like Feldenkrais. I also like Tom Myers. I also like Kelly Starr. I, you know, I also like Bruce Lee. There's so many different facets to pull from. So, why do you think it is then? I guess this is just side note, but like, why do you think it is that that her name is the one most commonly associated with these techniques? Well, so because so structural integration is an umbrella term. That's the one that I identify with because okay. I'm like, yeah, let's organize okay. your structure. You know, that's yeah. that totally makes sense. Okay. Um, but Rol- it was started. She didn't start calling it Rolfing. It kind of as she started to get older, and she you know is kind of like you know extra homage was starting to go her way. It was like, oh yeah, you're like that technique, that kind of like slow, deepish myofascial release thing that you're doing. And then the integration component, okay. you're, you're rolfing, you're doing a rolfing session. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the story with it. And now it's like, okay. now it's like a trademarked term and it's like, there's a lot of politics around it and it's unnecessary, weird conversations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we learned where the term rolfing. Came. That's yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the OG right. origination of rolfing. Right. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, uh, uh, organizing and, and integrating and, and all that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Uh, what's the most common area that you see as uh, an issue for most people? Yeah. So this gets into like a big wormhole because the most common area from, you know, this illusion that the whole body is connected, which I don't think is an illusion at all. Uh, if you change any one component, then you change everything, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. so it's like, it's, it's like fluid dynamics. You know, if I squeeze the toothpaste over here, it pops up on the other side, mm-hmm. right? You know, and so as I, so something that, you know, is pretty ubiquitous throughout our culture, I think you already mentioned it was that forward head posture, you know, and the medial rotation of the shoulder girdle and an overall disengagement of our backs and our butts. You know, they call it gluteal amnesia or your butt forgot, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, that is a product of us being in this kind of, you know, front dominated world where we live in this like two by two box. Yeah. You know, as I'm talking to you, I have my microphone right in front of me and then I got the screen and then, you know, and I'm intentionally going outside of that and looking up at the clouds. I'm intentionally going outside of that and kind of like cruising around the garden here and trying to exercise, you know, your ciliary muscle, like exercise your eyes Mm -hmm. as you're moving through the world. Um, but yeah, so that's something that I, I see is, is, is pretty ubiquitous throughout our culture is this front domination. So it ends up manifesting as 
kind of hunchy, hunchiness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh out loud because uh, on, on your end of this podcast, uh, I mentioned my friend Logan, who was a previous guest here on the OPP. Um, but at Deuce, they actually have a shirt that says end quad dominance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, we're talking about they're, they're focusing on, you know, posterior chain, hamstrings, glutes, all that good stuff. But uh, so let's let's assume that, that our listener, um, the, the average listener uh, lives in that world where, um, you know, one of, one of the biggest culprits, we had a, a physical therapist, uh, Sarah Ellis, come into uh, our gym when I was still running the gym. And, and I'll never forget, she said, one of the biggest culprits is actually the, the headrest in your car. Sure. But they actually jut forward. And if you look at like the, the position that it puts you in in your car, most of us actually drive with a very forward head posture. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and you actually have to think and, and try to kind of stay back that way. Um, so, so for you guys listening, do, the, do that test in your car. See where the headrest puts your head. Um, but, but let's assume that, that the average listener uh, you know, has that issue. What would be some other things that, um, that they could do kind of like self-care wise? Yeah. Well, that. so from like a airbag perspective, this might be really, really pretty, you know, questionable, questionable tips. So, you know, look into it, call your car manufacturer, whatever, but throw a bottle between your thoracic spine, right? So as you're driving, you need to change the shape of your seat. Cause I, I guarantee whatever seat you got, especially you have like a Subaru WRX or something like that. And you got the bucket seats and you're awesome, right? you're crushing yourself. You know, you're folding your diaphragm over and you're putting all this stress on your viscera, your organs, you know, you're, you're exacerbating that forward head posture, all the things you're turning into a defenseless baby and you're going back into the fetal position as you're awesome in your WRX, you know, <laughs> and you come out of the WRX and you feel, you know, kind of, kind of torn because like you like your car, but you don't feel good. You need to stretch and move and all those things. I would recommend that we change up our environment in such a way so that as you're driving, you're actually in kind of like a yoga terms, be like, you know, that like Lotus position of sorts, you know, at least from a spinal perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So throw a, 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 you know, a ball, a bottle, a, a small foam roller between again, that apex curve of your thoracic spine. And then start to work with a little bit of thoracic extension, start getting into the facets or those kind of like sliding plates in your spine and start seeing if you can start to work with that. Pull your butt cheeks back into the corner of the uh, of your seat so you're able to actually create a little bit of that lumbar lordosis that we're lacking. You know, the opposite of that lumbar lordosis, it would be like that posterior tilted, sad puppy dog position like you just got swatted with a newspaper or something so if if somebody listening isn't a strength coach doesn't know what posterior uh tilt is explain right. that yeah posterior tilt well sad puppy dog position you know so <laughs> you know so when when you uh anterior tilt brazilian booty posterior tilt sad puppy dog right so posterior tilt is like literally if you feel the bones, the front, I mean, I think people probably get it from that, but if you feel the bones in the front of your pelvis, the, the, what do they call them? The anterior superior iliac spines. The iliac crest. <laughs> yeah. Well, just the bony protrusion things. But um, if you go into posterior tilt, you'll feel those kind of go up and back. Mm -hmm. If you go into anterior tilt, you'll kind of feel them go down and back, I guess would be a way to describe that. All right. So if you're watching on video, yeah. <laughs> there or there with your yeah. pelvis. Like right? that. Right. Exactly what he said. So you know, and I, so, I always my, my coaching cue for a guy is take your belt buckle to your chin. So if you're wearing a belt, tilt so your belt buckle comes to your chin. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, sure. That I like it. Yeah, you know, and so there's there's a woman called Esther Gokule who's been on on uh, on my podcast as well. We got got into the the indigenous biology, the digitus musculoskeletal relationship of ourselves before the introduction of technology, before the introduction of cars and all that stuff. And what you can see is we had a little bit more of that lumbar lordosis, you know, and we had a little bit more erectness through thoracic spine, again, layman term thoracic spine, like the middle vertebra, where you're the hunchback part, yep. you know, and same thing through the cervical spine. But culturally, our body is starting to create higher amplitude curvature as a product of this stuff, right? So you do, do you do video on yours then? So yeah. I can get all, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So 
this thing, right? The forward head posture and all the things that we're talking about, upper cross syndrome, another way of saying it, um, it's starting to kind of exacerbate the amplitude or the, 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 the amount of curve throughout our spine. And now it's becoming a norm. You know, so having this crunched neck thing and having this hunchy back thing and having this sad puppy dog pelvic thing, it's like, yeah, yeah, with the times, dude, that's totally normal. (laughs) So stand up, flex your glutes every 20 or 30 minutes at work. Uh, Right. So do you, do you have, uh, is your automobile hacked so that you have better posture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hacked in all sorts of weird, goofy ways. Um, so I have a grounding cable. This is kind of embarrassing, you know. But so that's that's. <laughs> Dude, we we are we are biohackers. Dude, yeah, right. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I don't ever identify with biohacker either. I'm not I'm not a for it or against it or whatever. But I think I'm just like trying to live my life as best I can. All right, so we're optimizers. Yeah, right. Optimizer. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anytime you put me inside of a box, it's the same thing with like the Rolfing concept. I I get really claustrophobic and I'm like, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. You know, but yep. so but so yeah, so I have um Okay, so uh, how do you how'd you set up the grounding cable in your car? Well, uh so mine is like mine might not be doing anything. I'm told it's it's working, you know, what it, by connecting and I can just connect it to the metal frame on the seat. And then that's connected to the, you know, the frame of the car. Mm-hmm. And so from what I'm told, this is stuff that I've, I'm kind of like, I'm pretty newbie with a lot of these things. I talk to all like the world renowned experts about it and they yeah. tell me yay or nay. And I just trust it <laughs> like blind trust, <laughs> you know, but so yeah, I have, it's just, it's super simple. I mean, you can pick it up on Amazon for eight bucks, you know, or in the short, more expensive ones too, but it's just a little wrist strap and it's got a little metal doohickey that goes into your inside your wrist and then it's a cable that goes down to the frame of your car essentially and i'll wear it on like longer road trips and stuff like that i don't usually wear it if i'm like just driving a couple minutes and then and then yeah and then i have a uh a little foam roller thing that's kind of like narrower ish Mm -hmm. and uh, i put that on my t-spine just like i'm saying and that way what you can do is you can really find that nice big open spine and then you can actually rest your head back on the headrest Mm -hmm. and not be going into this kind of crummy position but actually going into this position as you're driving and what you'll find with that is uh you breathe better you feel better you know life gets better if you can maintain organized strong structural Mm -hmm. positions more often so just to clarify you have that foam roller running perpendicular to your spine or parallel Uh, perpendicular parallel be fine yeah explore stuff you know speaking of like bruce lee he said uh, something along the lines of, of make up your own names for all these moves, you know? So like, I call it like cat tiger Lily, you know, but like for you, like do it, explore it, make it yours, embody it. And then, and now it's yours, you know, but too many times we're always trying to follow the dogma, follow the dogma, follow the dogma, use the dogma as tool, leverage it, and then embody it, make it, make it be yours. I love you know, it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually writing that down. That's that's if you listen to our podcast, it's gonna be one of the like things that goes in the very beginning, like a little like intro teaser. Oh, perfect. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever um, time that was. I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be I can't see weird. a timestamp. It's gonna so be weird my, with this, right? Yeah. So uh, my, my editor's gonna have some fun finding that one. Yeah, right, exactly. So. It was at some point <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is all great stuff. Um, so I guess compare and contrast then um, rolfing for, mm. uh, sake of easily categorizing it against yeah. something like ART. And, and also while you're at it, tell our listeners what ART is. Yeah. ART active release technique, but you're putting me on the spot here, assuming that I know what ART is, which thankfully, thank, thank God I do. Um, you know, but so active release technique is what it is. ART has, I haven't been traditionally changed, trained in ART, but I'm familiar with it. Okay. Um, it has a lot of connection and there may be people like ART practitioners that are like cringing this, but it has a lot of connection with like, have you heard of PNF? proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation, right? So, so kind of like active release technique, it's the descriptions in the name, you know, so it's, it's toggling in between various different ways of contracting the muscle or lengthening the muscle as a means of kind of like hacking in quotations, the nervous system to, to create length, you know, and so ART has a lot of, and that's like, again, that's, 
look up ART in like Wikipedia or something like that, you might get a little bit different. But essentially, that's that's about my experience with it. Rolfing, what would separate structural integration from a lot of you know PNF or ART or whatever it would be, it's the intention towards reorganization of the body. Right. You know, so Ida Rolf, quote Nida, you know, she said something along the lines of like any gorilla can take take a body apart, but it takes a real master to put the body back together. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's paraphrase, not exactly what she said, but you know, it's so it's it's like anybody can go in and start tearing tissue up, which you know, you don't really tear it up. You you need to work with the nervous system. That's another kind of interesting topic potentially. You know, but anybody can go in and start foam rolling and get a heavy elbow or ashiatsu and start standing on hips and doing all the things but how do we start to reintegrate those hips into the spine and those spine into the feet you know that's when it becomes you know you got to be a little bit more clever about it and things like various different dance forms things like olympic lifting things like gymnastics things like you know various martial art forms they're all been you know various yogas iyengar is a good example of this you know they've all been barking up this tree for millennia Right. And it's, it's like, you don't necessarily need to see a, a rolfer or an SI person, SI being structural integration to get this done. You just need to see someone that understands how to organize the body, you know, but sometimes I find elbows and foam rollers and all that stuff helpful to create the space. All right. So then here's a question for you. How would one, uh, a listener identify a practitioner who understands what you just said, how to start to reintegrate those things. And, um, you know, rather than looking for somebody who is an SI practitioner or an ART practitioner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, like, do you have any kind of any screens or or questions that we should ask? Yeah, Yeah, man. Well, so, I mean, it's tough because I kind of come from a school of if the person doesn't embody it, probably let them go. Um, but that's going to maybe step on a lot of toes of, of, you know, some like pot belly SI people that are amazing, you know, so they read and they write articles and they do body work and they just don't give a crap about themselves. You know, so like, I don't want to throw all of those people under the bus, but you know, in my experience, only coming from my own personal experience, I find that I'm able to take people to about kind of where I've come, you know? And so the deeper that I can go into myself and the deeper that I can actually really, again, that embody word, embody the things that I'm talking about, the more effective I am, you know? And so if you see someone that seems like they're not walking, you know, their, their, their talk, then to me, that's a huge indicator. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I might might just leave it at that. That's a that's a really big one. I, I love it. I, I think that's great. I mean, you can't teach what you don't know, or you can't help people with kind of. what, what you haven't done. So no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then you look at like Mike Tyson's coach, you know, the little, 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 uh, I don't remember his name right now. You know, I'm like, dude, Mike Tyson did pretty good. And he put a lot of faith in the coach. So I'm not saying that's a hundred percent. I don't know if that's the best analogy though. I mean, Mike Tyson probably would have been successful if you or I were coaching him. <laughs> right. right. I think, I think that's a dude who was just doing what he was born. Dude, dude, he was an animal. I still haven't seen anybody that I'm more impressed with, with their raw ability to just create torque in their body. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like it's literally frightening to watch. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like an old, it's a video from 15 years ago. It's on YouTube. I'm like in my underwear and I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm frightened. Like my anus clenches from watching him do what he does. Anyways. Um, all right. So you mentioned uh, something else that we could talk about would be uh, manipulating the nervous system. Um, let's talk about that. I'm, I'm fascinated by being able to do that to, uh, as a strength coach, I always love being able to, to turn it on uh, mm-hmm. as a way to lift more weight or, or get more done. So yeah. what do you have for us there? Yeah, um, I think it was Iyengar, talk, mentioning him again. Um, he said something along the lines of breath is king of the, was it nervous system? I think breath is king of the nervous system. Something like that, you know, but, but tacking into our Breath is king of the brain is what he said. And then he said that the nerves are king of the breath, you know, so coming back into kind of like that, the subtler aspects of ourselves where, you know, 
an example that people can kind of kind of think about would be like the fear response or the stress response. You know, so like, oh, oh, you know that that fear. There's a physical manifestation of that, right? And a lot of people are walking around the world where they're kind of their first ribs are like jacked up to their ears, and their traps are always engaged, and they're just in this startle reflex is another term for it all the time. You know, and what that ends up doing on a physiological level is it starts from, you know, from an endocrine, endocrine system perspective on it, it starts jacking up stuff that you talk about on your show being like cortisol and stress hormones and such, right? And then ends up actually decreasing testosterone, like the big, strong, you know, cognitively healthy hormones, you know, and it's like, that's, it's not, those are just kind of like the famous ones, but there's obviously the whole cascade of that, you know, and so physiologically our body is listening to our position our positioning in space you know and i love that in the last in the last podcast on my end you you said what was it you said something brilliant man it was it was how many people think (laughs) it was all brilliant you know but it was you know more people focus on like losing fat or getting muscles than their relationship to gravity. That's, that's structural integration. Like that, that phrase is, is perfect. Well, I got to give credit to Logan for that. He said that on our show. I I couldn't live live with myself if I didn't give credit for it. And then Logan got that from somebody else. So who cares? You said it to me. Right. Yeah. It works out great. Yeah. But you know, so, so looking, so looking at the nervous system from, you know, if we can start as like an actionable tip that people can play with, you know, from like a NLP perspective, the neural linguistic programming stuff, you know, they look at like state changes, right? You know, so if you're in a specific state, I'm pissed off because the person cut me off or whatever it is, you know, something that you could tinker with with that would be maybe like ask yourself a different question, you know, or like put yourself in a completely different different headspace than what's happening right here, just to kind of like, like shake that off a little bit. You know, a similar thing that you could do in your own nervous system from like a, like a very physical, tangible physical place would be uh, find a movement that's kind of arbitrary, kind of different, something like I'm, I have no idea. Well, just pelvic bowl tilting circle figure eights. Like that's weird. I've never even thought about that, you know? And what that does is it takes you out of the standard rut pattern that you're in, you know, whatever they say, like 40% of your day is all just like habitual acts, right? So anything that you can do to start to kind of change that habituality of yourself, start from a physical perspective, you know, start change, just see what kind of interesting range of motion can you get with your shoulder, you know, see whatever, whatever works for you. And then you can do the same thing from like a, like a, a mental, emotional, psychological perspective as well. It's all, they're all barking up the same tree, I think. There's a lot of good stuff in that um, answer. Um, you know, it, it, changing changing the normal routine, changing normal habits, patterns adds novelty to our day. It increases engagement. Um, you know, you, something you mentioned. You know, if if we're in the car and somebody cuts us off and we get upset, take take mental stock of like your body position in that moment, and then just just change your posture. Become you know, you're probably in an aggressive position when that happens. And if you just go to like a peaceful position that you might be in, if you were greeting your grandmother, uh, you, you will probably help dissipate some of that anger and frustration. Yeah. Um, and, and that leads into something called power poses that, that we've talked about on the show before. But yeah. you know, that's, those have been shown in, in studies. You know, if we hold that capital T position or the, or the victory position, you know, that increases testosterone after just holding it for two minutes. So yeah. that's, that's a great example of how body posture and position can dictate um, hormones and, and states. Yeah. Yeah. That study was done. I think it was Harvard with Amy Cuddy and they, they did yeah. sal- saliva samples and they, yeah. so they measured the saliva before they only did two minutes of that position, which you, this might be redundant for, for your listeners, but you know, they only did two minutes of those positions, the power pose. And then like the, you know, the defeated sad puppy pose, two minutes changes your whole physiology. Yeah. It was something like a 20% boost in testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that was it. I haven't seen the study for a while, but for whatever reason, that's, that's something I refer to a lot because it's like, that's kind of like a cornerstone, you know, but again, that's a static image, you know, so we're saying, okay, two minutes of these two positions, right. We pretty much know everything about the whole body mind connection now, right? Right. Close, you know, but that's really, really nice evidence that like, okay, we took this still and we see really tangible change. How does that relate to handstands? How does that relate to, you know, how I walk throughout the world? How does that relate to how I sit? How does that relate to all these other factors? 
you know, and that's why dance is like shown over and over again to be one of the, one of the biggest factors with like increasing cognitive function, reducing Alzheimer's, increasing happiness, natural killer cells, like all the terms. <laughs> so that's, that's new to us. I don't think we've had anybody talk about that on the show. What, what can you tell us about dance and, and all of those benefits? Yeah, well, check out, um, there's various different studies about it. Like one, one of which would be like drumming and be another example with this specifically, I mentioned like the natural killer cell stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm a little shady on this stuff. So I would recommend use this, what I'm talking about now as a cool kernel of an idea and then, and then go look into it. Right. Right. You know, but so the drumming study would be, it was an interesting one where they actually found through, I think it's the attunement you know, where you're kind of shutting down that analytical part of your brain and going more into a fluid kind of attuned connection to your environment. It does this. That's, you know, one of the reasons that meditation is supposed to be so great, Mm -hmm. right? You know, it, it, it puts us into this more meditative state. And it's been shown, I believe been shown to downregulate the amygdala. It's been shown to reorganize the prefrontal cortex, all things that I'm like elementary with these things. I just like read studies and then regurgitate, you know, but uh, if you, even if you just look at those studies as metaphors and then something to kind of explore for yourself, I'll take that. <laughs> no, right. Right. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, so that, so, so the drumming would be an example of one, um, singing, dancing, all that. The, the other thing that kind of is kind of interesting with that, with the dancing stuff is sedentary tissue becomes disorganized. If you look at it like a, at a microscopic level, you look at the fascia, the connective tissue, it be actually becomes disorganized through just sitting around, you know? So as we're talking right now, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've noticed I'm like, yeah. you're like, who is this guy? What's, what the heck is he doing? I'm no. like, I'm I've like all over the screen. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and so I have, I'm actually, I'm actually standing out in my garden right now. So if you, I'm like, there's like, are you barefoot? Dude, I, so last night I did a CrossFit class and I did it barefoot, which I, which I think is probably doesn't happen very often. (laughs) And I kind of like tore my pad. I have these like gorilla pads for feet and I kind of tore one of my pads a little bit because I was running on the pavement. And, um, so now I'm actually wearing, I'm going to do like two days of shoes, but normally, yeah, absolutely. Barefoot, I think is pretty pretty pertinently yeah. important. Now I'm, I'm laughing because I do that too. And I wonder if, if our podcast guests uh, notice that I'm all over the place too, but I've got, uh, I've got like one of those little balance boards at my stand up desk. Good. I've got the, uh, I've got an acupressure mat that I stand on. Uh, well, dude, check it out. Like I'm standing on a brick, right? And so the whole entire time I've been doing various different mobilizations with my feet. I've been more fancy unnecessary work, but like lifting the arch, lifting the navicular bone in my foot, you know? And so my right side specifically has a little bit more tendency towards that, like pronation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's been stuff I've been working with for, you know, years and years, you know, and it's better than it was, but it's still, it's still a process, you know, but as we're doing this, I'm working with myself, yeah. you know? And so if I was in my office, I'd have like foam rollers and balls and all that stuff. I'm in my garden. So I have a brick and another random, like little bag of sand, And that's just as good. You know, I think sometimes we can kind of have this like elitist, like I can afford expensive supplements and expensive gear and like all the things. So I'm, you know, the king of the world. It's like, dude, there's people that I just got back from a trick from uh, over the winter. I was in like Morocco for a while and I had a skateboard with me and there's these kids and adults and everybody would just grab my skateboard and just play. And just move, you know, and really explore and laugh and all these things. And they have nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like comparatively, like nothing. Yeah. Right. You know, but you look at the brightness in their eyes, you look at the quality of their tissue, you know, they're eating gluten, they're eating rice, they're eating all the stuff, you know, but they look significantly healthier, again, in quotations, than a high percentage of the people that I see here in LA. You know, and it's like, they're standing on bricks. (laughs) I was going to ask you, I mean, do you you think that amount of movement and variety of movement is an underrated uh, thing in in our holistic view of health? And I would add quality of movement into that. And yeah, for sure. You know, but I I, really dropping in as, as quality being the foundation. You know, and that's something that is you see in um, a lot of different yoga classes. You know, it's all about like kind of keep it, keep up with the yoga teacher and you're totally not in your body. (laughs) You know, it's just push up and sweat stretch class, you know, and then there's some yoga classes that are brilliant. 
you know, yoga, the practice as a whole, awesome. What's happened when the dilution, just like, you know, a lot of potential CrossFit places, a lot of potential, you know, martial art, whatever it is, it's the dilution that happens and we start losing quality. Yeah. So that'd be the first thing. I've always used the analogy of getting a haircut. I mean, just because one barber is bad and I got a bad haircut doesn't right. mean that haircuts are a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I use Chinese food as, as that. You get like one plate of Chinese food and it's like way crazy spicy. Then all of a sudden, the rest of your life, Chinese food is horribly spicy and painful. Mm-hmm. Explore. Um, speaking of exploring, you're in LA. Uh, a lot of our listeners are in that area and may travel to that area. Mm-hmm. Give us your favorite restaurant in LA. <laughs> Oh God. Like um, a, a dude, a high quality, healthy restaurant. Yeah. I wish I could say there's, there's, um, a place called, uh, earth. What is it called? Well, there's the bulletproof place out here as well, which is really nice. And then there's a place called earth cafe. I think is it, is it one place that I went that I thought was pretty, have you been there? Uh, I, I haven't, but okay. Yeah. So that's, so that's, they have like all the tonics and different teas and it's like, it's kind of cool. But okay. I mean, this is kind of a conversation piece cause I don't eat out like ever at all, right. Right. you know, and not in any kind of stuck up, like my food's, you know, too good or whatever. It's just when I go out to eat, I'm pretty particular with what kind of oil is on this and do, 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 you know, and like who made it, that's something that we don't think about too much. And it's almost like, you know, I'm, I, I think about that stuff. If the person's having a bad day and he's out there cussing and, rah, 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 and he's like making my sandwich, I don't really want that sandwich. <laughs> you know? Right. right. So if I see it's like, we're paying extra for food. That's kind of like questionable. Sometimes it'd be great. But it's it's the question part. So I'd rather just make my food. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's a go-to meal then for you? Woo. Well, we t- <laughs> we talked about one on your. We show. talked about one ridiculous one. Um, but I eat a freak ton of salads, and so but but it's not just a salad, you know. So I have like fresh kale and such growing in the garden here, and so I try to grow as much food as I can. Um, but with that, and I'll like massage the kale and massage the you know whatever the mixed greens and the spinach and stuff, and kind of like pre-break it down a little bit, and then um, I just I don't care what the vegetables are, you know. Like so when I go, I pretty much just like put a blind to myself the grocery store and just grab crap off of the vegetable area and try to mix it up you know it's like it's too complicated to become again myopic with our our nutrition intake as well where it's like i have the perfect dogmatic you know approach to to eating it's like well maybe you do now but in my experience with with nutrition and myself i'm always learning more you know, we talked about this as well. In five years, I'll probably have a different perspective than I do now. Right. You know, so that my kind of insurance policy is just eat widely. You know, and that way I, I kind of look at it as like filling up all my different tanks, mineral tanks, vitamin tanks, you know, all the different things and just try to keep myself full in that way. Mm-hmm. A great mentor of mine once told me uh, that we do the best that we can for our current level of development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> do the best you can always trying to learn more and, and keep improving from there. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Aaron, uh, best book that you read in 2016. Whew. Um, dude, I'm really enjoying this book by, uh, Moshe Feldenkrais embodied wisdom, which okay. that's going to be, that's, that might be a little bit like specific towards like, the stuff that I'm really into, you know, like whole body mind. And he's, you know, Feldenkrais is the, he's the founder of the Feldenkrais method, you know? And so I, I've been enjoying that. Um, presently I'm in between the book, uh, mastery, Robert green. Yeah. You know, so I'm midway through that guy. And, uh, yeah, I don't really have like one specific that I'm like, but those are the two that are the most relevant right now. Cause I'm, okay. I'm reading them right now. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, big fan of Robert green. That's a great book. He's a good writer, yeah. Mastery, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so now where can our listeners get more of you? AlignTherapy.com. Yeah, so A-L-A, it's, it's amazing how many people don't know how to spell the word align and you don't realize until you start talking about Align Therapy. Um, but A-L-I-G-N Therapy.com. And then from there, uh, there's links to everything. And then I post pretty interesting wacky usually i try to be as informative and like intentional with messages that i put up on like instagram and stuff like that as possible so all my all my social media stuff is is align podcast okay. and that's pretty much it 
And, and the, the Instagram account is definitely worth following. I, I mentioned or, or joked about this on, on your show, but for our listeners, um, Aaron recently did a podcast with uh, someone who's a guru in the area of sex and you <laughs> recorded the podcast on her bed mm. and you posted that picture on Instagram. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there's, there's more ridiculousness to come. I have, um, you know, yeah, I try to try to like, we're going to die at some point, you know? So it's, it's like the, this kind of awareness of like the, the imminence of, of death kind of makes me kind of want to just explore the weirdest stuff I can while I'm here. And so if I can kind of project that out into the world and inspire people to start getting kind of weird, I try, try my best. It doesn't even have to be weird. Just enjoy whatever it is that you're doing. Enjoy every day, enjoy life. And yeah, as as a lot of older folks say, uh, you know, that's another day above ground. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, all right, Aaron, final question. Uh, Mm. We want to know your top three tips to live optimal. Sleep, number one. Uh, Relationships, number one. And enjoying your movement practice, number two, maybe. (laughs) I think relationships and sleep, it's like you, you, it's, you can't, you can't, uh, there's no competition. I mean, they're, they're, it's apples and oranges. Yep. And then the movement practice thing, I kind of think that's number one too. Um, but those are definitely three factors. Okay. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, Aaron, thanks a lot for hanging out today. And this has been a blast for you guys listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next Thursday. Cool. Thanks, brother. That's our show for this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, really grateful for you spending your time with us. And um, you know, please go to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Um, if we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with free natural stacks products. Please share the OPP, whether it's this episode or the podcast itself, share it with the folks in your life, you know, will benefit from enjoy what we're talking about. Um, that's how we reach more people. That's how we grow this thing. And finally, make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the links and resources, um, on the blog post, as well as the video version of this podcast. And we'll catch you guys next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.